Welcome on in everyone to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Wessling and as always I am joined uh, by my co-host Mr. Brandon S. as we are here to discuss um, Iowa State's previous week where they went ahead and took down Texas at Hilton Coliseum and then fortunately dropped a close road game in Stillwater to the Oklahoma State Cowboys and then obviously we will also preview this week's matchups uh, those being Kansas State and a road trip to Missouri for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. But before we go ahead and get into those matchups, we're going to go ahead and start things off, as always, with the AP poll. Um, Big 12 standings, and then a couple things we're going to add today is bracketology and talking about another big-time recruit that uh, Coach Otts uh, landed last night. So starting things off uh, at the AP poll, Iowa State remains at 12, um, kind of you had a big win, but got canceled out by, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's not a bad team, but certainly one of the lower ones in the Big 12. Um, looking overall at the rest of the Big 12, K-State is now the, the top dog or the top cat, however you want to look at it, as they are number five in the country now. Uh, Kansas dropped to nine with losses um, to Kansas State and TCU. Texas dropped down three spots to number 10. Uh, they went ahead and split with us, and then obviously, or sorry, they obviously lost to us, and then went and beat West Virginia uh, over the weekend. TCU moves up three spots to a number 11. Um, they went ahead and swept this week, correct? I know Kansas for sure. Who was their middle of the week game? They did. Well, Were they the ones who played Tech? Possibly. Or was that Baylor? Anyway, while Brandon's getting that, um, as I mentioned, obviously Iowa State continued to go down the line at 12. No. And finally, the final team. They lost at West Virginia. Oh, they lost at West Virginia. Yes. Oh. Well, that just says, like, every team is going to lose one of these games like Iowa State did at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, the final team for the Big 12, uh, checking in number 17, is Baylor, as I believe they are on a four-game win streak right now. I'm going to go ahead and quickly pull up the Big 12 standings, and then I'll toss things over to Brandon. Um, A little bit of change. Um, K-State now alone at the top at 6-1. Then there is currently a three-way tie for second with us, Kansas, and Texas. Behind them, a two-way tie for, what is that, fifth, uh, TCU and Baylor. And then Okie State has propelled themselves uh, into seventh at a three and four record. Oklahoma uh, eighth at two and five. West Virginia one and six, picking up their first win against TCU. And Texas Tech uh, still winless in the Big Twelve at zero and seven, and sitting in tenth. So I will go ahead and let Brandon react to that and start things off with bracketology. Texas Tech being zero and seven is just bizarre to me because they're not that bad, and they got their best player back, and I don't know. They seem like a lot better team than 0-7 to me. West Virginia is solid. It's just every single team is solid. I think you pretty much have a top six or seven, depending on how you look at it, and then the bottom tier, which you have to win at least one of your two games, whether it's at home or on the road. But looking at bracketology, Jerry Palm of CBS has Iowa State as a four seed in Albany. About the worst possible spot you could have had, but... Um, I mean, you're going to be at this 4-3-2 line for the next week or so, and it really just depends on results. And then Lenardi of ESPN has this as a three seed with K-State as the two and Kansas as the one. So that's fun. 
But um, moving into recruiting, like you mentioned before, Iowa State picked up a big recruit over the weekend, again, of Dwayne Pierce out of New York City. He's 6'5". He's listed as a small forward, but from what I can tell, are wanting to put him at point guard and have a bigger guard, like a Nick Weiler-Babb type, strong guy, 6'5", 190, so he really fits that odds type. And yeah, another four-star, you're up to number three in the country, although it's really early. Yeah. Um, so Oz continues to be on his madman streak of just absolutely knocking it out of the park. Um, and he did say he wanted to be the hot spot of the Midwest, dominated, and now he's stretching outside. Um, so it's good to see that. But we will go ahead and kick things off, um, talking about last week. Um, so we'll start things off with the maybe the most anticipated matchup of the entire season for most people. I can say I am for one one of those people. It's either this or Tech or Kansas. Um, but yeah, Iowa State won seventy eight sixty seven. It was a hundred percent one of, if not the most hostile environment I have ever been at in Hilton Coliseum. Um, and honestly, for Dwayne Pierce, that was a really good game to attend, and maybe a big reason yeah. it swung. <laughs> To us, <laughs> we offered him ten days before he committed. Yeah. So and he was at Texas, so it's hard not to commit after that type of environment. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna look at the box score here. Obviously, the big one. Uh, we'll start with Texas. Tyrese Hunter with ten. Uh, kind of right out of the gate, it was like, oh god, he's just gonna explode on us, and it's no one's gonna get a chance to say anything to him. Um, but eventually, he cooled down, only getting. I think one point for the last, like, 30 minutes or something. 28. Yeah, so uh, he really cooled down. Uh, big credit to Kalsher, um having Marcus Carr holding him to 11. Um, that was really big. Um, besides that, God, what's his – Dylan DeSue had yeah, 10 as well. He destroyed us. He got into the middle of the no-middle defense. When you can catch the ball at the free throw line, that's where our defense breaks, and he really found that. Yeah, and Christian Bishop had 12 as well. Uh, Timmy Allen with 9. Uh, and then 6 apiece from Brock Cunningham and Serge Abari Rice. And then 3 from Artero Morris. So that is the Texas scoring. Um, again, I thought it was a really good job by the guards, whether that be Gabe, Grill, or Taman, um, on the kind of the combination of Carr, Tyrese, and Caleb had kind of had to deal with Timmy Allen a lot of the game, which isn't a fair matchup for Grill, but I thought he did a pretty good job for the spurts that he was on him. Um, so, yeah, that's um, how Texas did offensively. As for Iowa State, scoring-wise, leading the way was Jaron Holmes with 21. Behind him was uh, Caleb with 17. Gabe had 16. Uh, 11 from Shoon. And there was a six apiece from both Taman and Trey. And then one from Bert. <laughs> Poor Bert, he's had a rough stretch, but I mean, overall, you look at Jaron Holmes, I think coming out of this game, I said there wasn't really any guy on our team that popped when you were watching the game, and then you look back, and Holmes has 21 on 7 of 13 shooting, and it looks really good. That's about the quietest 21 I've seen in a while. He's kind of like, he's got the Brockington mold where he doesn't really make a ton of flashy plays. He gets a lot of tough twos. Yeah, and well, Brockington's just, flash was the slams, but outside of right. that, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. He's just like somebody that slowly gets there. He's going to have eight points at 
10 minutes and then just slowly build onto that until the end of the game. And he had a really solid game. Um, the biggest thing for me coming out of this game was seven rebounds out of Oshun and then 30 free throws. Just really describes the nature of the intensity and physicality of that game. The first half was a war. I think you could have called a foul about every second of the game, not even being hyperbolic there. I will say, like, straight up, these... I I don't really know, for me personally, that I've ever seen a... And I, I don't think I've seen a Iowa State basketball team legitimately hate another team, but these two teams hate each other to their guts. And, like, there's, like, levels other than Tyrese. I mean, Marcus, I think, I don't, I could be wrong. Gabe Kalsher might hate Marcus Carr more than Tyrese. Like, obviously, those two played at Minnesota, for those who don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, though, that thing was chippy. Um, people kind of were calling Grill a dirty player on Twitter. Not a dirty player, but he definitely had some intent on one of those fouls. Yeah, that was a bad play. Bad look, but that was also a weird play because what are you supposed to do when the guy jumps? Just stop boxing out? Or, yeah, uh, I don't know. That was a weird play. Either way, I, I just, like, quick thing on that. I I just, I've never seen really these two teams. Or I have never seen a Iowa State team, like, hate another team, to be honest. So. I mean, you look at Texas's foul count, 28. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fouls in one game, and obviously Timmy Allen fouled out, and he's one of their more reliable defenders, so I think that really speaks to it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was a very impressive per- performance from Iowa State. Um, I mean, for a while, Iowa State got down. I think they got down by as much as 11. Um, I, I'm going to look up – I'm going to get your the play-by-play here just to kind of, like, give you – like, time in the game where it was looking bad, like the 11. Give me a second. Okay, so they went – Texas went up by 11 with 8.50. And then from then on out, it, obviously just kind of slowly chipped their way back in. Uh, and then kind of that last – actually, I mean, they did it in like a three minutes or so when they kind of got it into five. And then it was back and forth near the end of the half. But, I mean, overall it was a really good job from Iowa State to – not get too far out of it, not let the emotions control them and, like, drive them out of it. Uh, I think they did early on, and that's what got them in the hole. You saw a lot of Kalsher one-on-one step-back threes, Yeah, and that's not going to work. He's not that good. Yeah, but um, overall, huge win for Iowa State. Uh, I think of any game this year, this is the one I wanted to win the most, so... Uh, really glad that we got that done, but as me and Brandon highlighted in the previous podcast, we felt this trip to Stillwater could be a trap, and that it was as Iowa State uh, fell 61-59 after leading by 16 points. I think a big thing to speak on for that is um, really no Caleb Grill in the second half. Uh, we will definitely touch on that um, for what that means for this game and, of course, going forward this week and maybe even further, but... Uh, we'll start things off with Iowa State scoring. Uh, leading the way was Shun with 15. Behind him, Gabe had 14. Uh, 10 from Trey off the bench. Uh, 8 apiece from both Taman and Jaron. And then 2 from Burt and 2 from Hassan Ward. Uh, Caleb Grill and Demarion Watson played but did not score. Um, so really, I, I mean, I think... It, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was at least a really good performance from Shun. Um, you know, 
him with along with the other guys couldn't knock down free throws down the stretch but I just think with Oklahoma State size I thought he did a really good job um but I don't know Gabe going five of 13 from the field uh Jaron going three of 13 uh, it was just a little bit of a it's it definitely seems like out of any game this year this was seemed to be the team that gave them the most offensive troubles it's not a great offensive team and I felt like Oklahoma State's defense was in our face the whole time and it really causes problems yeah Oklahoma State's a top 10 defense so I'm not overly cons- concerned with the 59 points it's just doing the little things like rebounding late and free throws that continue to kind of plague this team um I think if you have Caleb Grill the whole game you win that by five and ten points He's just that big of an impact, especially defensively and rebounding and really just all the areas of the game, even if he's not making shots. And this is the first game where you really learned what the lineup would look like without Grill and if you go a little bigger with Trey King getting 29 minutes. Yeah. And he that was by far his best game. He kind of found that um, baseline Jeff Beverly jumper, as I like to call it, just that little 10, 12-footer. That's a really good shot for him, I think, and it gives you a great shot at the offensive boards with somebody like Shun in the game. Um, I will say a couple questionable coaching decisions down the stretch at the five spot to put Burt in when you need a shot. Yeah, I think that's something we'll definitely talk about here in a bit. But, I mean, overall, this this is going to happen in the Big 12. You see it with a team like TCU who goes loses at second-to-last West Virginia and then goes and beats Kansas by 25. So it's not overly concerning as long as this doesn't turn into a losing streak here, which it easily could be. Yeah. Uh, a couple things to highlight for Oklahoma State. Avery Anderson led the way with 18 behind him. Caleb Boone had 13. Uh, there was nine from Woody Newton. Um, kind of where I'll pump the brakes, I guess. It's not really a flashy team by any names with any big names, per se. Um, it, it was just kind of a... They slowly willed their way back in. It wasn't really a completely dominant performance, minus Avery Anderson. He always seems to do good against us, though. Yeah. Um, They were the better team for 32 minutes of the game. Yeah. They deserved a win. We just had that early lead up to, like, 22-5 or something crazy. So, I don't know. This was just kind of a look at what's going to happen when you lose a main guy and shots just aren't going down. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things like to talk about this game specifically, like whatever the game is, what it is, it's not really that much to stress about. Um, I think the two storylines from this game, I think we'll start with one that's maybe that's the lesser one. Um, what to do with Robert Jones? Um, I I will start off by saying, you know, Otzelberger and company did a really good job transforming him into a better player than what he was last year and I think you know we certainly saw flashes of like okay he could he could be a solid guy off the bench I mean me and Brandon were even sitting here like talking like legitimately about should he start over Shun because Shun just was like really lazy um so but he really turned it around and Burt's gone the other way and it's really since big 12 play which is kind of concerning because that's the most important um, and really, Hassan Ward down the stretch gave him some incredible minutes. And I think the thing you need to ask at this point is, yes, Hassan Ward doesn't give them much of an offensive presence. But would you rather have the guy that's, you know, not going to... I think I think the problem, is, like, I get 
Bob wanting the ball and stuff, but, like, he kind of acts like he's much better and bigger than he is, trying to back people down and just kind of ends in bad shots, and he misses open layups. And I think the other thing, too, is the one thing Hassan Ward will do is give you an incredible defensive presence. And down the stretch, I think one of the last drives of the game, um, Birch just kind of let him go to the hole, uh, the guy that was driving on him. Or, like, he didn't really help. And it's just, like, you knew Hassan would have at least stepped or tried to had a good opportunity of a block or something. So it's kind of in a spot where I'm ready to maybe start giving Hassan Ward more of Burt's minutes. But Yeah, okay. So you mentioned it early on because early in the season, you're looking at Shun and Burt and saying Burt should start. And now it's the other way around with throwing Hassan Ward in there too. And it's just really the nature of it is it's two really really streaky players that you're going to get one good game out of each of them each night so it's just trying to find that I think and then finding it in the first half and then making the decision for the second half and really just evolving throughout the game yeah I think I think the only problem though right now with Bob is he hasn't shown us anything in big 12 play which is the problem no and no shooting in all non-con so it's just finding that guy throughout the game because you know he's going to be one of the two and I would agree in this game against big guys like Boone and Cissé for Oklahoma State, Ward is definitely the guy. He matches up better. And Burt, you could tell early on, he's not going to get his buckets today. He's not going to be able to back down these guys, and he wasn't good defensively. He had a moving screen and an offensive foul, so he's just kind of been a liability as of late. Yeah, um, but that's certainly – I don't really expect much of a change going forward, but something to monitor – um, the bigger thing to monitor is Caleb Grill. Uh, I think this was an issue maybe pre-Texas, but certainly became an issue kind of the end of the Texas game as we were able to see, like, during the timeouts. He was hunched over a lot, um, uh, definitely not in a lot, not feeling too good. And the big thing is, uh, if you guys do not know, he's dealing with a tight back and I think back spasms. Um, he was in a back brace for the entire second half. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with Grant, with Brandon. Um, if he plays in the second half, Iowa state does win for sure. Not by a lot, but you, they, they definitely pull it out. They don't hit nine threes against us if he's in the game. No. And I think the other thing too, is Iowa state goes two of nine as a team from three and grill probably at least gets one or two. So, uh, that's a huge loss. You can't do anything about it from this standpoint. I'm more worried about, this is where we'll also transition from talking about last week to going on to this week, and this is kind of the start of the K-State preview is a huge X factor is Caleb Grill. If he does not play, it's going to be really tough to see Iowa State coming away with a victory against a, a really good team like Kansas State. So that's where I'll start. I'll send it over to you. Yeah, he's just such a big part of this team at this point because of his defense, and that's what this team prides itself on and you're looking at a matchup with Kansas State who has two elite guards that can really make shots. So you're going to need Grill in there because you don't have a ton of guard depth this year, and you don't love the matchup of a guy like Watson on Keontae Johnson or Noel. So uh, it's I don't like this game at all, but I think he's really just kind of the guy. You don't need a ton of minutes out of him, but you're going to need at least 20 minutes to be in this game, I think. Sure. Um, so I think the two things to highlight uh, for Kansas State, it, Brandon brought him up, it's Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. 
Um, Keontae Johnson, a Florida transfer. Um, sure, he doesn't really like to be associated with this, but this is kind of one thing that you guys have probably seen. Uh, he was the Florida player that passed out on the floor a couple years ago, and I thought he wasn't supposed to play basketball ever again, but here he is averaging 18.5 at Kansas State, and he's also their leading rebounder with um, nearly 7.5. So he's been incredible. Um, besides him, Marquise Noel, um, he's averaging 16, almost 17 points a game, and he's their leading assist leader at 8.2, which is really impressive. Uh, does turn it over three times a game. Um, but, I mean, he's also an 88% free throw shooter. So those are the two guys to watch. I'm not going to go entirely down the line. And to be honest, the only real two guys I know of on KCA are those two because they are really the stars. And then it kind of comes out to, you know, rotating guys um, and just kind of seeing, like, who can fill those shoes of also helping those two guys out. But without a doubt, those are the two. Um, it's going to be weird because, you know, most of the time you'd want to put um, kind of Grill and Kalsher on their top two scores as long as it's a matchup favorable thing. Um, but kind of going back to the Texas game, we saw Taman a lot on Tyrese. So I do expect because of height, uh, Marquise Noel is a small guard. He's 5'8". I guarantee Taman's on him for the majority of the game. Um, and I assume Gabe will be good enough to deal with Keontae Johnson. Uh, Keontae is more of uh, it's a little bit of a mismatch in a sense that he's not a guard um, but I do expect that you've got to put Caleb or sorry uh, Gabe on a Keontae he plays like a guard he's not somebody that's going to back you down the paint so I guess he gets that matchup um, DeSuit is a bit of a mismatch for us at that four spot he plays a little bit of five um, he's still there it feels like he's one of those guys that's been there forever but this this game really just comes down to is Caleb Grill active enough to play and injuries are kind of starting to pile up here because um, Shun was in a knee brace the entire Oklahoma State game you still I think he had one on for Texas it was ever since yeah, the ever since the um, who was it Texas Tech game late in that one yeah you still don't have um, point guard from early on so you're just already just feeling this depth and it's going to kind of continue as the season goes on, unfortunately. But this is a really big game. you got to get right because then you got another road trip later this week. Yeah. Um, it should be another really good environment. Obviously, Kansas State up to number five. Really impressive. It's a better version of the 2022 Iowa State Cyclones. So uh, they're, they're a really good team. Um, hopefully, Iowa State finds a way. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that again at the end. But we will jump on over to... Missouri, um, as we've mentioned, Iowa State. Uh, oh, one quick thing. I'll bring it up again real quick. Hold on. Iowa State is a 76.8% favorite over Kansas State, which feels really, really high. Granted, this doesn't include, like, if Caleb Grill doesn't play. So we'll see what the line's at come probably sometime late tonight yeah. or early tomorrow morning. Five or six. Uh, yeah, but... So we'll jump over to Missouri. They are 14-5, and five, um, and Iowa State is a 65% favorite. Um, we'll kind of hop in. I'm going to pull up their scoring real quick if you want to start things off and talk about them a little bit. They're another really good team, and although this is not a conference game, this is one of those 
quad one games that will look really good to go into their house and take a win away from them. Um, this team has often said, you look at the guys last year during the NCAA tournament, it's just good to get out of the Big 12. They're a little different stylistically, a little more offensive-oriented. They're averaging 83 points a game. I don't think anybody in the Big 12 is averaging 83 points a game and giving up 75. Yeah. So it's a different style game. I think if you play your tempo, your style, you're going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it also, you're going to, you may not need him. I, I, I've kind of gotten to a point where I think Grills has kind of been set in stone that he, you kind of need him at this point. Um, but yeah, for Missouri scoring, they're led by guard Kobe Brown. He averages 15, almost 16 points a game. Behind him, Demoy Hodge, another guard, averaging 14 a game. Then they have two guys also dub- averaging double figures. Uh, guard DeAndre Golston, nearly 11. And then Noah Carter is a forward, and he's just above 10. So those are their top four scores. Um, also, their leading scorer is their leading rebounder uh, with nearly six. So, um, yeah, I think it's just – it's it's – it's a it's a big game. It's a road game, so you can't just like think, oh yeah, we'll be fine. It's gonna be a test for sure, but it's and also in a sense, it's nice to know that it's at least a semi break, and in the grand scheme of things, like if Grill is out for the week per se, it's not, you know, you you certainly don't want to drop this, but it's not as big as you know dropping a Big Twelve game. Yeah, and unfortunately for Grill. A back injury is not something that goes away. No. So he's either going to need to take an extended period of time off, whether that's two weeks or a month. I don't know, but you don't really want this thing lingering come March. And you put yourself in a good spot by starting 5-1, and one, whatever it was, to the Big 12. You're not really looking just to get in the tournament. You're, you've pretty much solidified you're there. So for him, it's work with the training staff, see what you can do immediately and if you're not feeling it don't push it because that's one of those things that if you tweak it even worse it can become serious in a hurry yeah uh just like an update on him um it was released this morning by chris williams that he did not practice again we're recording this on monday you guys will obviously hear this tuesday morning um but according to chris from tj uh he did not practice uh, this morning and not sure on his game status gonna go into it as questionable if he didn't practice today he's probably not playing yeah so if anything you can maybe expect him for Missouri potentially but I think again kind of going back to what I was saying with it not being big 12 I think they'll probably look to rest him for the week um, but I don't know how long you can afford keeping him out for longer especially considering you still don't have jazz back so um, I think for K-State, Trey King is probably the guy that gets boosted into the starting role most likely. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be tough to beat a good team like K-State without Caleb Grill. Um, you're going to need Gabe and Jaron to really carry the load um, and just kind of some solid performances all around from Shun, Trey, and Taman. Nothing crazy, but you can't put the sole pressure on Jaron and Gabe. Yeah, and it's when you look at a team like K State, they don't really have this big that you've been de- been dealing with with somebody like Oklahoma State, who has two really solid bigs. So I think it's gonna take a guy like Burt bounce back game or Shun 
Ward, maybe he gets another dunk or something. That's the only way he can score. But just affecting that game in some other way because their guards are going to get theirs. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I guess we can do a quick prediction on the week. Um, I'll say Iowa State splits. I think they probably drop the game tomorrow night um, and then are able to not let the losing streak go on too long by beating Missouri. But if it does happen to be an 0-2 week, uh, Brandon did mention uh, when we had that three-game winning streak that there would be a three-game losing streak at some point. So That's what I'm thinking. It seems like a really bad start. It seems like we're banged up enough. I'm, I mean, K- Kansas State's a really good team. They're number five in the country at home. I think you're kind of coming off of that Texas game still a little bit. I don't like this spot at all. Missouri on the road. They're a really good team. Not at all what we faced last year. I'm picking it one too. But then, if you're looking positive, after the Missouri game, you got a pretty nice stretch. You got Kansas mixed in there. That's at home. That's just kind of, if you walk away with a win, that's great. But it's not going to affect you either way. But other than that, you got West Virginia, Oklahoma State again, and Texas Tech. You should be able to win two of those three. Yeah. I think Iowa State certainly at this point has kind of establish themselves. I think, you know, I was talking to Brandon Brandon about this over the weekend, but um, I think there's kind of a top six and then a drop-off. I know Brandon kind of has been saying more of an eight than a drop-off, which I can see, but I'm also in a fact of I, I think the top six are the, like, the elite caliber of teams, the teams that are going to move on. I think we have in at least past the first round of the Mar- of March Madness, like that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, Iowa State has definitely set themselves up for most likely, in my guess, the four or five or the three six game in Kansas City come March. Don't need to look too far ahead. I just think that's kind of where this team's at. Um, even though I hate that it's the eleven a.m. game, kind of hoping that's where Iowa State gets plugged in at. Um, and then consider and seeing if it's K-State or Kansas at the one. Um, I think there's probably a high chance that if Iowa State does lose this game on Tuesday to K-State, I think, um, and again, regarding injuries, there's probably a high chance Iowa State might go 0-4 um, combined with Kansas and Kansas State. So I would really like that semifinal matchup with either of those teams because it's really hard to beat teams three times. So... Um, yeah, I'm certainly really excited for that spot, even though we've still got a lot of basketball left here in the regular season. Yep, we're approaching the halfway point of the Big 12 season, which is weird because it feels like it just started. But, I mean, the Big 12 is fascinating. If you're looking to, for a game to watch, I guess I don't know when we're releasing this, but Kansas plays tonight looking for three straight losses. And they got Baylor on the road. That's a tough game. I think yeah. Baylor and TCU are the most underrated teams. They're both really, really good. It's just for TCU, if they can run in transition, you're not going to be able to beat them. Baylor, if Flagler and Keontae Johnson are making shots, you're not going to beat them. It's They're really streaky teams, but they have the ability to make a Final Four. Yeah. Um, but overall, it'll be an interesting week. Hopefully it's not a super bad week, um, but we'll see. Um, hoping for another really good environment um, tomorrow night. 8 o'clock tip. It is on, hold on. ESPNU. Okay, ESPNU for those of you watching at home. Again, 8 o'clock, top 12 matchup. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Any closing thoughts that you've got, Brandon? Um, We're missing our 
Brock update. Oh, you're right. My bad. Okay. Thank you. I would have, like, afterwards, five minutes later. Okay, yeah. Our freaking QB is playing for a birth in the freaking Super Bowl, and I am so hyped. Uh, I finally got a chance to wear the Brock Purdy jersey for the first time. Um, I'm glad I didn't curse it. I was really worried that the first time I wear his 49ers jersey, he would lose. I will say, let's do a quick prediction. Now, I've seriously, like, bias aside, I really felt that winner of the Niners-Cowboys game was going to go to Philly and win. So I'm sticking with that. I do think we're going to see Brock starting in the Super Bowl, which is the weirdest thing, and did I ever expect that? Absolutely not. Like, for those who listen to the football episodes will know how much I mean you guys didn't really get to understand it completely because we obviously never got to cover Brock uh, but I certainly made it very clear that he is my uh, my favorite Iowa State player ever um, so sitting here thinking saying that he's going to be starting a Super Bowl potentially is not at all what I expected but I would be over the top to see that just imagine what Hunter Deckers would do Oh my, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, it's it's definitely weird. It's kind of a, it's not really, but I guess a semi-2019 rematch between him and Jalen Hurts. Um, that was a really fun game. I mean, I would say they didn't get the result losing 42-41 in Norman. <laughs> P.I. Um, but anyway, um, no, that's... Sunday, I think they're the 3.30 game or whatever. It's 2 o'clock. I don't know why they moved it up an hour earlier. But anyway, yeah, they're the they're the early slate, I guess, the afternoon slate. So 2 o'clock, Brock. You guys better be watching, be loud um, from your homes. <laughs> um, no, I. it's still crazy to think about that. But, yeah. You got anything else besides that for reminding me? Otherwise, I would have been really mad. I'm excited for that game, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I just hope he doesn't have one of those games. If he's going to have a really bad game, let's make it not the Super Bowl. Just <laughs> have it come out this weekend, that's fine. Not when millions of people are watching, but really good for him. I mean, I think this game against the Cowboys was probably his worst, but he didn't make any didn't mistakes, mistakes like yeah. Dak did to lose him a game. So, yeah. all around good for him. Yeah, I think kind of... Maybe a potential episode uh, or some kind of idea. This is something me and Brandon have certainly talked about um, kind of for the last few weeks. But, um, you know, even as Brandon just mentioned, he's like, you know, he goes, we're kind of waiting on that bad game. And, you know, we've seen the bad Brock Purdy, but, you know, you hear all these analysts and they're like, we don't really see him falling off the cliff anytime soon. And, not to say that we think that. We're just kind of sitting here waiting for the three-pick game, the really bad turnovers, the stuff like that, and it'll, it'll make you question what happened here in Ames yes. in 2021. Uh, so that's maybe a controversial topic or story. Um, there was a lot of talent on that roster. If one guy stayed healthy and one started the whole year, you're looking at two Cyclones that were offensive rookie of the year favorites. Uh, and you have a guy like Charlie Kohler who finally got back from injury with like three weeks left in the season and played really well. You're going to see guys like Xavier Hutchinson, Will McDonald, Anthony Johnson all start to enter the league. Um, there was a lot of talent on that roster, so we'll kind of see how that pans out in the pros over the next couple of years. 
Um, but certainly something to uh, unfortunately think about, and maybe more importantly, uh, why was Brock Purdy this final pick in the NFL draft? Uh, if playing the way he is right now, so yeah, he got drafted to a good team. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't undrafted free agent, ending up in somewhere like Chicago. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, looking forward to forward to that game. That's pretty much all that's in store for this weekend. It's kind of winding down from the chaotic January sports weekends to just college basketball now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, outside of that, you guys, we don't have anything left for you. So uh, as always, be sure to go ahead and check us out on Twitter at side of the storm. Uh, We always go ahead and update you uh, when a podcast is available um, along with additional content on the way. So be sure to check us out there. Um, outside of that, again, I look forward to a, another week of Iowa State basketball. And, of course, um, Brock Purdy on Sunday uh, with the chance to punch uh, his team's ticket to a Super Bowl appearance and potentially go up against the likes of Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. So uh, it's going to be a fun week. Uh, but until next time, you guys, roll clones, baby.